Hi, I'm Peyton Luke, and this is First Liberty Live. Thank you for liking and sharing our videos. Your support really does make a big difference, and we are so grateful. Stuart Shepard was recently on the road at a gathering of national leaders who are experts in many different areas. We're sharing the interviews he collected as a special summer series called Leading the Way. Today's guest served in the White House as the Secretary of Veterans Affairs. Now Robert Wilkie is leading the way to better military policies on Newsmax. Thank you so much for making time for us. Uh, first question for you, why is religious freedom so important to America's military? Well, you know, it's, it's sad that we even have to ask that question. Uh, our greatest American, his first act as commander of the Continental Army was to create the Chaplain's Corps. And yep. he, he gave them their, their title, Deo et Patria, God and Country. That is the foundation of support for all of our soldiers and protecting a creedal nation is made manifest by those who put on the uniform. Our chaplains not only provide uh, religious services, but if, you're, if your children are in trouble, if you're having, having problems that uh, you, you need immediate help with, if you've been wounded, the chaplain's corps is there. But that religious freedom, that ability to call on a higher power in the most dangerous of professions. Uh, it, it is so vital that we protect that right for our soldiers to pray and to be able to express themselves in, in the heat of combat and after they come home. I, it struck me on many occasions that for those who sometimes have to make life or death decisions in a matter of milliseconds, how important it is to have a moral compass, a foundation based upon faith for making those decisions with a good moral ground. Right. Well, even the, the, the most hardcore, some would say nasty soldier of them all, George Patton, on uh, the night of the Battle of the Bulge as the, the snowstorm is coming in and Americans are dying in Bastogne, he gets down on his knees, he calls his chaplain. Uh, the funny part of that story is that the, the, the skies parted. He went out and he said the prayer that the chaplain had written for him. And when the skies parted and the Third Army could move again, Patton said, get that chaplain. He stands in good with the Lord and I want to decorate him. <laughs> Hey, you shared earlier at this conference about how you prominently placed a couple of historical documents uh, at VA buildings as well as in national cemeteries. Share that story with us here. Tell us what it was so about. So the VA was born in what I would call the most biblically righteous address ever given by an American president. The second inaugural address of Abraham Lincoln, which was given just a few weeks before his death. And what Lincoln did was to call down the power of both the Old and the New Testament in that speech and say that America is a creedal nation, that we have a foundation, and I'll quote him, that the, the judgments of the Lord 3,000 years ago must be heralded again because those judgments that were true and righteous then are true and righteous today. Yeah. And then he asked for forgiveness, but he also asked the nation to protect those who had served and their families, uh, take care of, of those who have borne the battle and their widows and orphans. So Abraham Lincoln is not viewed highly uh, by the American left. 
Um, the American left under Mrs. Pelosi in the House condemned that speech because uh, the great emancipator had the temerity in the speech that he gave in March of 1865, not to mention left-wing pressure groups of the 21st century. And he was a Republican. And he was a Republican. <laughs> and they kept trying to have these words stripped. These words were actually put up by President Eisenhower. And as this debate got more heated, I said, well, let me... Uh, let me do a better job of educating the public as to why this is important. So I had placed in 134 cemeteries a, either the exact copy of the second inaugural or the operative last two paragraphs in bronze mm -hmm. so that people know why the Department of Veterans Affairs exists and from whom it came. And when I say for whom it came, Lincoln would have said it didn't come from me. I was just taking the higher calling and making sure the people knew it. And as soon as we left, uh, the words came down. And by that, you mean left the White House? Left, left the White House. As soon as Mr. Trump left, um, they began dismantling Lincoln's legacy because they say it's not inclusive. Um, this is what I call the culture of repudiation, the repudiation of spiritual, historical, and political truths that have, that have been built since... Abrahamic Jerusalem and that were carried forth from Jerusalem to Athens to Rome to London here um, and it and, it, and I, I I don't hesitate to say that this this is describing a fanatical loathing of everything that is American uh, we are the last best hope people fight and die to come here nowhere else and uh, it's just been a very sad time as we tear down all of those things that and, make and, America special. And the reason I wanted to have you share that story with us is it touches on a much higher and very profound idea, and that is rewriting the history of the country to remove that heritage right. of faith that is so intertwined, so woven into the fabric of this country. If you remove that history, we're not the same country. Well, we're not the same country. I mean, we were different. I mean, people came here to be free, but they came here to be free to worship, be it the Anglicans down in Virginia or the Puritans in Massachusetts who came. And, and here, we're here in, in, in Utah, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They wanted to be someplace where they could be free to express their feelings about the Almighty. Um, that has been the American story. Uh, that's why this is the first liberty. And for this administration and the Obama-Biden administration to do everything that they can to deny our troops access to chaplains, to the Bible, um, to single out particularly Christians and religious Jews in the service. Um, is an affront to everything we believe as Americans. And I saw it happen at VA when I came to VA. Um, they had issued orders, Obama-Biden, to remove all the Bibles from the chapels in the VA hospitals. You couldn't bring your chaplain with you because Obama-Biden said, oh, he's going to probably proselytize. And then I think the great indignity for those who had been wounded in combat, who had served, was at the POW MIA table, which is in every VA hospital. Which we're defending in, Ma in which, uh, Manchester, New Manchester, New Hampshire. Manchester, New Hampshire, and that was ground zero. Yeah. I put the Bibles back because Obama, Biden took them off. And they said, this is an affront. Now, think about that. You have thousands and thousands of Americans 
who have been in some of the most godforsaken corners of the world and seen terrible things. And the notion from Obama-Biden that the, the sight of a Biden would be so offensive that they wouldn't even come back to the VA hospital. Just sitting on a table. Just I mean, that's the part table. that's shocking about that's it. Right. It's a book on a table. And it's a military tradition, the missing, the, the empty chair. Yeah. We get that from the British, and, 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 and we now have this POWMIA table. Yeah. I, this is a bit of a personal question, but it's because you are coming from a place where you have a view on this that most people can't quite get the same point of view, and that is you endured your share of harsh criticism while you were serving in the oh, White House. Sure. So as you look at the way the rhetoric has ramped up here in 2023, how do you view that? How do we return some civility to our conversations? Well, you know, we're talking about removing the, the one vehicle that has been a constant for civil discourse in this country, and that is uh, the protection of religious liberty, uh, the notion that there is something bigger than us, bigger than government. And there is a philosophy at, uh, at work in the land that says government is the highest power, that there's nothing, there's nothing uh, more important. And, and people have lined up on, on the sides. You know, the criticism, um, that comes with, with politics. But as we have seen in the treatment of Mr. Trump and, and, and many others, it's pretty one-sided treatment. I don't mean to get into the political debates, but um, you know, the late Justice Silberman of the D.C. court said, our mainstream media is nothing more than a broad street for, the, for one political party in this country. Uh, and it's very sad uh, because I believe we live at a time where we face a danger that is much greater than the sclerotic Soviet Union ever was. Because the only thing the Soviet Union could offer was brute force. Uh, the Chinese uh, have more in their quiver than the Soviets ever had. But they may not have to do much because we are ripping ourselves apart. And we are, we are not following Lincoln's warning that if the end comes to the United States, as he said, it's not going to come from somebody jumping over the oceans to come here. Uh, it's going to come from within. Are you hopeful for the future? Always hopeful about America. Um, you know, the, the graveyards are full of people who underestimated our nation. That's from the military and international affairs perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I think people are now being roused at the, at, the, at the important level, the local level, the school board level. One of the reasons I think we have such a, a terrible time recruiting now, other than the, the, the tragedy in, in Afghanistan, and of course we see an administration that divides the military along racial, ethnic, um, and sexual groups, um, is that our, our young people are not taught about this history of the United States. Why do people fight and die to come here? There, there's a reason. There's no place like it. Um, and if, if good people sit down, those things that we cherish are going to disappear because the other side doesn't stop. I think the, the VA example is, is, is illustrative. Three years we were able to say no, and as soon as we leave, they tear off Mr. Lincoln. Anything else you'd like to share before we let you go? I appreciate your time. No, no other than to say we need people engaged. And uh, this, this is a country that was founded 
what I call from the bottom up, the small towns, the churches where people had a say in, in their governance. And I think that is a spirit that needs to be revived in this country. Um, because without America, there's not much left in the world. Uh, without us, tyranny rolls forward. And um, I, I usually finished my remarks at VA by reminding people that since the first shots were fired at Lexington Green in April of 1775, 41 million Americans have served and over a million have died. And they continue to fight in terrible places and in terrible circumstances. But uh, uh, we need to help them. Secretary Wilkie, thank you so much for making time for Oh, us. you are most welcome. Thank you. If you're enjoying our special summer series, look for more Leading the Way episodes on FirstLibertyLive.com. First Liberty Institute is a nonprofit legal organization that focuses exclusively on religious freedom cases. If that resonates with you, go to FirstLibertyLive.com and look for the big red Give button. First Liberty is fighting for what matters most.